Hey, everybody. Absolutely epic show this morning. We're joined by very special guest, the one and only Zeneca. And we dive deep into his theses for investing in the NFT space, the history of his trading and investing moves. A lot of talk about Artblock, talk about 3AC and the liquidation of their portfolio, which includes a lot of Artblocks, and also some discussion of the uh, project Tableland Rigs, which I uh, buy live on the show, as well as Kicks, as well as some others on stage because a little mini bull run. And then uh, none other than Ryan Carson sweeps the floor with his uh, funds wallet and it sends the floor up to 0.4 ETH. Nick did not buy any and he was really mad about it. Uh, it's a fun show. Uh, as usual, the content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I forgot how explicit that song was. This is the NFC Morning Show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm P.O. I'm here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, Signal, King Kicks, Easy Eats Bodega, as well as some of our badass speakers, Spencer Gordon-Sand and Depeche Node, as well as the special guest of the day, Mr. Zeneca. What a morning we have here. Can't wait to talk to Zeneca and uh, get our freak on here uh, for the weekend in the NFT space. Excuse me? Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick, I don't know if you, you didn't like that intro, but for people that are new to the show, uh, this is a market and trade talk show. We talk all things happening in the NFT market, the volatility, the things that are going up, the things that are going down, uh, and all the news stories of the space. Uh, Nick, what's going on this morning? Hey, P.O., dude, I, uh, I hit the gym in a major way. And uh, the reason a lot of people have been wondering why has Nick been going so ham at the gym and using that pre, uh, pre-workout uh, sort of uh, routine in terms of the uh, substances that I've been taking beforehand. And the, the key reason behind that is I've been uh, doing a deal with GNC and my board ape, and I can't wait to just slap this damn thing on some of that HGH. Uh, oh. So that's what that's what I'm working on right now. Closing that deal. Just getting absolutely swole. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and uh, I'm also uh, just looking. It's incredible. Um, the price of Ethereum does seem to be correlating uh, with my sort of uh, physical performance, uh, which is a really great thing. Uh, if it goes down, though, uh, then uh, that's nothing to do with uh, my sort of pre-workout. Wow, so that's a first of its kind uh, Board Ape Yacht Club brand deal for steroid use through GNC. I mean, that's really Is impressive. HGH steroids, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean that's very impressive. Uh, I'm not surprised that it's your Board Ape that they selected. They saw that the athletic prowess uh, was was. They saw the puffy coat, <laughs> and they said, "Yo, we know how uh, venture capital looking apes get down. Uh, they they like that HGH." Yeah, I mean, you know, goes without saying. Nah, so. dude, venture capitalists are doing TRT, bro. <laughs> well, Signal's big on fitness. Uh, Signal, when you met Nick, were you blown away by by the, my physique? Let's yeah, just skip by, over that question. By, by the level of his physique, was but, that something that really kind of shook you? I, I, I was dazzled. I was daz- I was waiting for the buttons on the shirt to open so I could get a peek, but it was kind of <laughs> cold in Minnesota, so I didn't see. But yeah, seeing Mykonos, Nick, on the beach, huh? Uh, wait, you saw me? Oh, we're, you're saying no, no, she's we're going to meet in Mykonos. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to see you. I'm ready to yeah, see I'll you Yeah, I'll make sure to post photos of that on Instagram. 
Please do. Um, so, I'll follow. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to break. You don't want to break the internet by posting that to Instagram. I will say some of the buttons on my shirts have been popping off, and it's not because of uh, the bench press routine I've been running, huh? So uh, <laughs> definitely, that's why I'm hitting the gym more often. <laughs> well, the well, guy look. wears Lululemon, so I'm glad that the attire has actually been used in a sporty way rather than just in that sort of everyday casual. I wear sports clothes, but I don't do sports clothes. Exactly. No, I wear I wear my Lululemon to the gym and then also to a coffee shop to get a nice chocolate croissant. <laughs> That's the true part of that story is that you're eating chocolate croissants. Everybody knows that Nick has a sweet tooth, but he does also uh, uh, kicks before we uh, you know throw out a signal for the weather report. How's your week going, buddy? We haven't heard much about the King's personal life. Today's Friday, man. What's going on? My personal life, man, uh, shoot, not much trying to get into the gym once a week, you know, keeping up with the, you know, NFP Nick with all his, uh, you know, testosterone flying around on these calls, um, stabilize my camera. I think I have it leaning slightly forward. So it's gonna be really hard for it to collapse this time. Um, so feeling really good about that. Leaning on what? Like, is it propped up on? Like, going on. No, no, no. It, it just has a slight tilt forward. So if anything, it will crash forward into my monitor, which is an easier, easier kind of recovery live on air. Um, so feeling really good about that. Um, yeah, but I mean, life's going good, P.O. Uh, we got some awesome things going on in the, the Crypto Raider space. Um, been feeling mostly good about some of the NFT and crypto buys that I've been making. Um enjoying summer a new grill for father's day so i've been breaking that in a little bit so life's good over in kicksville it sounds like some dad stuff uh you know before we throw the signal for the weather report uh, i want to say hello to zeneca zeneca we know that you're you know a fantastic nft investor uh, a project creator and and you know a, a business operator but do you think that you can compete with nifty nick when it comes to physical uh physique <laughs> it's a question I've never gotten before. Um, <laughs> I will compete uh, mind over matter. <laughs> I'll, use, I'll use my brain. I'm definitely not of uh, – I don't have much brawl to, to compete with. But, uh, Yana, thank you for having me here. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. Yeah, we're excited too, man. And uh, I would go as far to say that I would bet money that your brain can bench press more than Nifty Nick does. So I think that uh, you're <laughs> – you're in good shape there. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> um, Signal uh, would love to hear what the weather is looking like here in the NFT space on this Friday. We covered a little bit about one news story yesterday, which is the biggest news story of the past 24 hours. OpenSea shutting down their company. Yep, OpenSea. Did I just get that right? Uh-huh, laying off 100% of employees and, and going out of business. No, I'm just kidding. It was a 20% layoff, which is, is nothing to scoff at. Uh, and we did discuss it on a, on a show yesterday after the news broke. But Signal, what, what is going on uh, with the weather in the NFT space? There is so much going on in the NFT space. It's, it's such a great Friday. Let's, let's ride. Let's get into this. Friday, the 15th of July. So OpenSea volume is at 14 million. We continue to move through the lower, middle and upper team range. So not much has changed there for mid-July. On the leaders, your apes at 99, mutants at 19, and punks at 77. So no change there, really. And moonbirds at 26, doodles at 13, and clonex 11. So everything is stable. 
what's happened overnight. Yuga Labs is still leading two out of the three OpenSea top ranks. We've got Punks, um, which did over 1.5 million in sales. And the other D's floor is creeping back up towards three ETH. No doubt it's in anticipation of tomorrow's game update. 10KTF is back after a short hiatus post uh, NFT NYC. The team released a previously on 10KTF video narrated in Japanese, a new hero video and commenced Battletown. The team is building some of the best lore in the space and that flaw on 10KTF is 0.68 ETH. Kevin Rose announced they have acquired Divergence engineering team. This was the team behind some of the leading NFT projects in the space, and the team will launch Proof's social universe later this year. Proof Pass is at 83 ETH. And obviously, we're talking about it now, the developing story from Bored Ape Gazette. Fashion Nova has stuck an ape on their T-shirt. But this is not the first time the global fast fashion brand has done this. In fact, it has stolen previous other artists and designers' works and slapped it on their clothes and not acknowledged the original creator. And Nick will be happy to hear that Subducks had a 20 ETH sweep last night. Someone purchased 46 ducks yesterday. They've been city pritting for about eight months at point, uh, point 0.3 and now at almost point 0.5. And as we mentioned, it was choppy waters for open sea overnight. Over to crypto, BTC is at 20,000 or 20.8 and ETH is at 1,200. So a lovely relief after the CPI data. Overall, the last couple of days, there's been talk of NFTs in their own bubble decoupling away from crypto. So this is very positive if this trend continues. For now, op uh, for now the market has seen OpenSea's cards. It will be interesting to see how other competitors respond to the news and use this opportunity to take away market share. So for now, the markets are stable. It's business as usual. Eyes on Yuga this weekend. So for now, the 24-hour forecast is steady wins. Back to you guys. Fantastic weather report as usual signal. Uh, Kix, you raised your hand during the weather report. Is there something you wanted to add or comment on? I think I was on our Discord that the Subduck uh, sweep was from Frankie Nines, the creator of the project. So I thought that was relevant to share. Okay. So yeah, oh, have really? a little... Well, and there was also an NFT that they dropped or from the deployer of the subducts floor. And it's like, we're not saying who this is. There's no roadmap. There's no nothing. But it's from the exact same wallet as the subduct deployer. At least that's what people said. I don't know if that was like a um, misleading name. Um, but yeah, there was another project. And I think the floor on that was like 0.04. I'm, I'm forgetting the name. But uh, Brian Brinkman was sharing it in our Discord yesterday. And... Man, the, the subducts have, they were trending for a bit, but yeah, they just haven't gone anywhere. If it was Frankie Nine, so that would not be as bullish um, if that was the case. Do we have any confirmation of that? And also, I mean, the decoupling statement to me is just like, what? Wait, like, who's saying that NFTs are going to decouple from uh, crypto? I think that no, I have been seeing it around Twitter. There, there, there's been a, a couple of quite large accounts um, talking about this, how we're seeing that what's happening in a TradFi market isn't uh, having a direct correlation to the NFT markets. This is early, but let's see if this trend continues and how and how long for. So there's been a couple of tweets that I've seen. Yeah, I've yeah, seen those as well. Nick, I think that when, when they talk about that, it's more of that thesis of when ETH is chopping or ETH is trading sideways, you know, that's when people will yeah. turn to NFTs for opportunities. I, I think that that's what 
you know, basically what they mean, because you can't say that it is 100% directly correlated. It's definitely correlated in moments of heavy volatility to the downside. We know that. Like when, when, when crypto dumps, when the stock market dumps really, really hard, people aren't like, yeah, crypto punks just 5x. Like that's not, you know, that's not happening, you know? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, I fully uh, buy, it, buy into the decoupling, but we do see NFTs when crypto is ranging. There's an opportunity there, which is great. Uh, so, I, and I, I, like, uh, I like seeing the floors pump. The crypto punks are nearly at $100,000 up from uh, all the way up from that 50000 that we saw before. Um, so I'm not happy about seeing that. And we, uh, I don't know, does anyone know what the update on that art block was that minted uh, two days ago and what if the floor is still like four ETH or if it's come back down to what the mint price was? Uh, last I checked, it was around 3.2. So it, it sort of like held, I don't know, actually it's three right now, which would basically mint. It held um, strong at four for ages, which kind of surprised me. I thought it would drop more and have more undercutters. But um, anyway, now now all the undercutting is happening and, and there's still like almost 40% of the supply listed, which is kind of crazy. Um, Did- so soon after the mint, did you Zeneca? No, I didn't. I was actually, so during the mint, I was recording overpriced JPEGs with Carly and I had like one eye on it. And I was like, let me just, you know, I, I, I don't really want to FOMO in at three. Um, the market was so frothy and heated, especially there was just so many alpha groups and speculators looking at Uplocks who had never really even laid their eyes on it like three months ago. So um, I figured if it did just mint out at three, um, it, it would like, maybe have a little pump and then come crashing down. Um, I was surprised that it held, you know, four-ish ETH for as long as it did, but not surprised to see it continuing to drip. I love the drop, like the art is beautiful, but I, I, I heard an interesting stat um, last week that of every Artblox drop that has minted out over two ETH, there's only one that still has a floor higher than mint. So um, that, that to me made me go, and, and just like, you know, over the last six months, there's nothing that's minted close to this price. So I just think that... Uh, yeah, I'm expecting it to drop into the twos and then I might start picking. That's an insane that. So out of yeah. every art block project that has minted out above two ETH, there's literally one that's still above it. Yeah, and that's in um, ETH terms. So, so the one that is above it is fragments of an infinite field, which I think minted at like 2.8 and it's at like four, four and a half now. But at, back in those days, 2.8 ETH was like, you know, 10K. Um, so yeah, it's just like... The, the reason that when things min out generally above like the one, one and a half ETH mark on Uplux, it's usually because um, there's just so much more attention from like the wider NFT space who aren't necessarily there to collect art. And, and the, so then what happens is that a lot of the mints get minted by people who don't want to collect the art and, and they're just trying to flip. And if it's all flippers and they end up like, it's almost like this Mexican standoff where the, the collectors in the Uplux community are like, well, I'm not going to, you know, pay a premium to the, the flippers and, 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 you know, buy it for double mint. Um, we'll just wait. And, you know, historically the prices have come down significantly. And I think we're starting to see that happen here. Yeah. You're, um, you're somebody who invested heavily in art blocks. I don't, uh, like early last year that, that seemed to be like, and I don't know what the, the distribution is of your portfolio, but I remember art blocks being a massive portion of it. Did you end up, um, like, were you selling those? Because I remember that a lot of the stuff that you ended up uh, purchasing, and I think you ended up with, with getting your hands on a Fidenza or multiple Fidenzas that um, 
you ended up just moving those into your vault. Were you actively trading ARP locks or uh, have you just been trying to uh, collect them and hold on? Yeah, I mean, I in terms of like the portfolio allocation, I think Arplox is about four hundred percent. It's it's honestly, I'm really obviously bullish on Arplox. Um, I so I minted four Fidenzas, but then I, this was in June last year, and my bankroll was um relatively like way smaller than it is now, and just like I I need the liquidity like everyone does at all times. So I I sold three of them I think the day of mint um or maybe within. 24 to 48 hours for under one ETH each, which obviously wow. I, I wish I didn't, but um, I still have one and I'm really thankful to have that and hold on to that. And so it's sort of like been this gradual journey where early on, uh, the, the whole reason I went to Uplooks was to flip. And like, that's why so many people get there in the first place. It's like, why, why are we in NFTs? Why are we in crypto? Like 99% of the people are being honest. It's like to me. And so I was flipping Actually, no. So the second NFT I ever minted was from Uplox because a friend in a group chat said, hey, you know, this is a cool project platform. Um, I, I think you'll probably be able to flip for like, you know, three to four X in, in a month or two. Um, and like it didn't mint out for ages and the floor price just tanked. And so to, and, and it, was, it was lower than mint for, for months. So my first experience was not that amazing. But um, eventually I started minting like the curated drops and was able to flip them. And as time went on, I just fell in love with the, the, the concept of generative art, Arplox is a platform and a company and the community there. And now I, I guess my strategy for like the second half of last year was largely flip meme PFP projects and funnel it into blue chips. Um, I think that's a lot of people's strategy. And, but for me, like the, the, the majority of that blue chip allocation went into Arplox. Um, but then, yeah, to your point about selling during like the giga blow off top of August last year, like the, the NFT market had, had a massive peak, but Arplox especially, I think was like an order of magnitude higher. And then obviously it crashed even harder. Um, so I was definitely selling during that massive, massive run up because it was just just stupid amounts of money. It, it was moving up. You could flip every few minutes. I had bought in. There was one drop. I forget what it was. I think it was called like transient or it started with the T. Anyways, it was like this 3D circle with uh, cones inside of them that you could like zoom in and out on and it looked super Transitions. cool. Transitions. Transitions. Yeah. And that was like peak. I think, I don't know if mutants had just happened or were about to happen, but in the run up to mutants, that was like an insane run where literally the floor was just moving up on ETH every, like, every few minutes. And so I would just buy in and then sell, buy back in and sell. I think I ended up with one. Uh, like uh, eventually you don't, you, you, it's impossible to time the uh, top of when that uh, sort of rally exhaust, but it was like yeah. a ridiculous, a ridiculous period of time. I'm curious cause we don't actually discuss, I mean, we bring up our blocks periodically, but we're not known for, uh, discussing heavily on the art side of things, which is something that you've been collecting that, that, uh, uh primarily art blocks. And I don't know what, if you're buying, uh, like any super rare stuff or operating in the, on that side of things, but. Artblox, uh, for me, has been like the primary proxy for um, NFT art as a whole. And it also is, frankly, at the forefront, it seems like the purest incarnation of uh, digital art. Uh, so that, that's why I've always been, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it as well. I don't have a portfolio like yours, though. I think I only have one art block at this point in time, and it's not a meaningful one. Um, I mean, it is to me. I like it, but uh, it's not... It's it's not a large portion of the portfolio, so I'm wondering, like, how are you thinking about, like, are you trading at all uh, at this point in time, and uh, and then also primarily on the like art block side? Is that something that you're 
um, actively trading or you're just sort of like, hey, I got a great collection. I'm going to get some prints of these and uh, sort of kick back and just uh, work on my own project. Yeah, it's sort of like a hybrid where I'm not doing a lot of trading, certainly way less than last year because I'm focused on Zen Academy, 333 Club and just like general content, um, YouTube and, and writing and stuff like that. And I just um, I just have less time, but I also have less desire. Like I, I, I got really burnt living that flipping degen lifestyle for so long. Um, in terms of like art blocks again, I, I'm definitely still collecting, like especially over the last six months when... when you know, go back three, four months ago, there was hardly any eyes on art blocks. Um, you could get some really amazing pieces and collections that, you know, had been down like maybe 90%, 95% from their peaks. Um, and as long as you believe in the artist and art blocks as a platform and generative art as a genre, um, I, I really believe they were amazing buys. So that I was like scooping stuff for the last few months. I haven't really been selling anything art blocks really, but I think if like this current market, uh, like, I guess on art blocks and attention continues for another month, two months um, and prices start going crazy. I'll, I'll definitely be looking to sell and um, just stack some ETH or, or reallocate into other things. Um, and yeah, like to, to the first thing you said about art blocks being like a proxy for art, uh, NFT art, digital art. I think it's, it's absolutely that for generative art. Um, and it's a huge sort of name household brand in the space at least by like people who've been around for a while, I think newcomers find it difficult to sort of understand and get into. And it's, it, it takes people a while, but um, it's sort of like uh, it's something that like, I guess the OGs really love and appreciate and like the artists generally love and appreciate. So I think it's um, certainly here to stay and yeah. Yeah. Obviously bullish. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome to hear Zeneca. One thing that you were just talking about is that you were living that kind of flipping lifestyle, you know, doing those short-term trades, doing well with that, reallocating funds into blue chips and holding them. <clears throat> Excuse me. These days, do you take a different approach? Are you more buy and hold mentality because you've upped your bankroll or how, did, how have you adjusted that strategy? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I do still like try and flip a little bit here and there. It's way less than it used to be but like um you know over the last whatever two three months i've probably minted you know 10 projects or or, or, or maybe not minted like swept secondary um soon after mint and i guess my approach is is different in that you know with a smaller bankroll in last year it would be mint one two three things watch the market really closely after the mint try and like watch volume and, and like, you know, sell one to cover your cost basis and then sell one if it goes up more and then maybe hold one for the moon bag. Um, and now it's, it's, I guess in terms of like percentages, if, if I want to sort of ape into a project or, or, or buy into a degen mint, it just, it's in, again, like in terms of percentages and like the time involvement, it doesn't make as much sense for me to buy like one, two or three. So I'm sweeping, you know, 10 to, a hundred of, of NFTs. And then again, it, it doesn't quite make sense. At least, I don't know, maybe it does. I just haven't done it. Just like, like listing them at like a two or three X. Like if, I'm, if I, I sweep at 0.03, I'm probably not selling it, you know, 0.05, uh, 0.05 or even 0.1. I'll sort of like hold and, and just, you know, if they go up like 10 X, 0.3, 0 0.5, 1 that's when I'll start selling to cover costs. And, you know, obviously it's higher risk and you can't really do we take this approach with a smaller bankroll? Um, but it sort of saves time, um, saves mental energy tracking it uh, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, like, so like in, in, in 
many instances they go to little zero. Like I remember, so I got in on Goblin Town. That was obviously great. Um, and then after that, like five projects, I, I sort of aped into just went basically to zero. Elf Town was one of them, and <laughs> I, I can't even remember half half of them. But um, yeah, like uh, people often. I mean, I spoke about the Goblin Town thing a little bit here and there, and people were like, oh, how are you always getting in on, on these, these? And I'm like, I'm not always. Like, you just hear about the ones that <laughs> go that well. Go well. There's, there's, a, there's a, you know, a handful, maybe a dozen others, but you only need one to, like, really pop off like that. You know, 100x can cover a lot of 0x's. Do you, um? and I, I was uh, thinking about this, I saw, I think it was OSF had tweeted this thread where he was like, don't be this guy. And it was a story of someone who was basically had watched their money go up and then all the way back down with the uh, NFT uh, boron. It was a theoretical person. I, mm. we, we haven't heard from it, but I'm wondering, let's use goblins as an example. Let's say you hit like 100x or some, some really successful uh, project that you end up getting. Um, do you just take like 50% of that off the table right away? Or like, how do you usually approach that? Yeah, I saw that thread. I think just like the first post or the first two. Um, I, I think it like accurately to people who like this is their first market cycle, first massive bull run, and, and don't have experience. And I think it's unfortunate. And like I'm sort of in that boat as well. Where I mean, I guess we all are. We all wish we took more profits. I'm I'm uh, fortunate and comfortable that you know I can I I could have afforded to, to take. That English is hard. Um, I I was able to afford taking that high risk and and sort of you know have a, like some amount of my portfolio drop eighty percent and still be like comfortable enough. Like uh, I don't live a extravagant lifestyle or anything. Like we we didn't like do anything crazy or, or, or buy like our expenses didn't go up. So um, and we have food and that roof over our heads. So like I was I was happy taking more of a risk. Um, but certainly in terms of, um, like individual project strategy, like let's say use goblins as an example. Um, I, I definitely, I, I employ kind of like the latter strategy where, so I, I bought 60 ish, I think like at 0.05, 0.03, something like that. Um, and Richard over here. <laughs> I saw the well, yeah. Again, remember all the ten, like the ten others that went to, to zero afterwards. But um, yeah, like I saw the website and it just like tugged at my heartstrings. I'm a big fan of CC zero projects, no roadmap, that kind of stuff. The art was cool um, and and different, and the meme. Honestly, like, I'm a big, big believer in betting on memes. Um, but obviously, it was a meme, and I was like, I have no idea. Like, and I had it's, it had been a while since I like DGN, and I didn't really know the market. And I was like, I, this could really easily collapse. So I sold, I think. 10 at 0.4 and then like pretty rapidly ran there and then 10 at 0.5 and then 10 at like between 1 and 1.5 and then another 10 you know between 3 and ETH um, and then a couple more at some point and I've got like I don't know 16 left so obviously still like amazing outcome um, but yes yeah, it's, it's a ladder approach where as the price goes up sell some to cover costs and then start taking profits um, Similar, like again, if you, if you only have, if you only meant two or three, um, yeah, the the idea is to sell one of them to cover your costs and just like really de-risk this insanely risky but, um, environment. So, but do you have like a rule of thumb, like, because uh, you said it's selling to take profits, but you were giving an example that uh, well, then I aped into like five or ten uh, shitty projects, which is kind of kind of the name of the game. But it, are, is there like a flat amount that you're like, I'll take thirty percent out, and that's just going straight to. GUSD or or just dollars or you're in Australia or no, well wherever you're based, um, <laughs> you, the the local currency. Um, 
that, uh, like, where, um, like, yeah, do you have a rule like that? Uh, I, I don't have a rule. It's definitely something I do fairly frequently, or at least I did when, when the market was a little better. I'm a little reluctant to sell ETH at, at even these prices. Um, it's, so, like, again, my, back, my, my background before all of this, I was a professional poker player for 15 years. And, like, bankroll management is a really, and, like, just funds and portfolio management is a really incredibly important thing there. So I learned, like, the first several years of that, I was very methodical and, you know, we, would move up and down in stakes based on my bankroll, would draw, you know, very uh, specific amounts either to cover, like, a, a set amount every, every week or month or a percentage um, and I, I sort of did that for a while. And at a certain point, I think I just got into, uh, almost like gut feeling and like, uh, I, I didn't have a system or I wasn't as methodical about it, but it would be like every now and then I'd be like, oh, I should take some profits. Um, oh, I should, you know, hedge. Oh, I should de-risk. And, um, again, at the end of the day, it all comes down to being in a fortunate position where I don't need to worry about week to week living expenses because I had taken enough out, say last year that I'm, I'm content. Like, you know, the bear, like the bear market could continue sideways or, or, or drop for the next four years. And, um, I'd still be able to put food on the table. So I'm not, um, I'm not too concerned with, and, and I'm also not, um, I'm also not, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm also cognizant of tax. So, obviously selling the nfts into eth is a taxable event but then also selling that into usd is a taxable event and um i guess this actually goes to the former part like i, I try to hold long term as, as much as it's possible and that that's part of why i'm doing less degening obviously i didn't do that with all of the goblins but uh so like i'm living in germany where the, the rules are very favorable for if you hold for 12 months um the long-term capital gains tax uh, amount reduces to zero so it's it's very what? yeah it's it's not like a fifty percent <laughs> discount it's not 20 it, it's literally zero it goes from the the marginal tax rate which is very high down to zero so um that's honestly part of why i held so much of my artbox portfolio for so long um and, and like there were there was a moment um when i wanted to sell my eight and then i was like well i might as well just wait because i bought it in uh, I believe it was May last year. And I was like, I'll, I'll wait till May maybe. And then obviously everything absolutely tanked. <laughs> um, but who could have known? So like, that's, you got to take all your factors into consideration. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this game is absolutely brutal. I talk about it all the time. That's fascinating that you had a 15 year run as a professional poker player. That's definitely one of the skill sets that we see having strong crossover into the NFT space, man. I'd, I'd imagine that that takes even more stomach uh, than bull run NFT trading, considering, you know, at times during the bull run, if you have a decent amount of money to throw around and you actually just take it seriously and, and sit there and, and treat it like a full-time job, it can feel a little bit easy whereas i'd imagine playing professional poker against sharks as your main income uh wow that must take like some some serious stomach you know right now where we're at in the market zeneca it's tough to say you know uh, there's just not as many 100x's there's not as many 15x's and you look at the projects that are out there, it's really more of a swing trading environment than a day trading one compared to how it was during peak bull run. Uh, what, what would be like the one or two projects if you like had to deploy capital today? Someone puts a gun to your head and says you have to deploy some capital into the NFT space today. 
Uh, besides your own, which is on a little bit of a run, I'm a holder and I've been enjoying that appreciation. Uh, what what other projects would you kind of look at that you think, hey, in the next month, in the next uh, two months, this could be a good swing trade? Yeah, that's a good question. I know um, it's tough. <laughs> Nifty Portal's number one, so we got that knocked down. So it's two, three, and four. I am a big, um, big fan and believer in um, betting on people and membership tokens and stuff. So absolutely, I have some nifty portals, and I think um, that is a good place to allocate funds. Uh, let me think. Um, I think cyber brokers is one that I've thought for a long time. Is like it, it has all the right ingredients to be like a really strong blue chip. The art is amazing. The, the artist and the team behind it is amazing. They haven't necessarily nailed. Um, maybe the marketing piece or the, the, the widespread, like they have a really strong, passionate core community, but getting that, that out there is something that they've, um, at least from my perspective, struggled a little bit. There was a lot of hype, obviously, around the mid time. And um, yeah, so, so that's one, it, it's on the high price, floor price, I think it's like two-ish ETH, two and a half ETH. Um, and again, in the bear market, it's always going to be tricky for that to, to two or three X. Honestly, like if, if I'm being totally honest, I would say, there are art blocks collections that you can flip and get like two, three, four, five X within a day or two or a week. We're in that frothy market cycle that you sort of referred to last year where last year there was a project hyperhash. I minted, um, no, I mean, I bought a secondary for like five in the morning and I sold for 20, 20 that afternoon. Like that, that stuff is possible because the floors are so thin and the collection sizes are so floor. It doesn't take actually that many people or capital. And that stuff happens with, collections that have a floor of 0.08 ETH and then go to 0.4 ETH within a day or two. Um, so I think at this point in time, um, with all the attention and, and focus that's on generative art and art blocks, I would say that that's probably, and, and obviously I'm biased and, and coming from the perspective of someone who understands that ecosystem, um, but I, I see so many opportunities every single day. Um, and, and the best way to find them is just hang out in their Discord. Look at like there's a channel called Block Talk, and you see like all the sales come through. You see people talking about projects, and you can you can really just get a feel for like oh it, it seems like the community is going to rally behind that one. And you could, if you really wanted to flip, um, y you could make good money. But um, yeah, like everything, it's it's high risk. And, and one more I'll say is it, it minted last night Tableland. Um, I, I didn't know too much about it until last night, and I started doing a bit of research. It seems cool and legit and like way over my head like technologically way beyond what i can understand but like smart people that don't like it and generally if smart people like a thing that's how we got into ethereum in the first place i had friends who were way smarter than me like hey this is cool and i was like smart contracts daps i don't get it but sure it's cool it sounds cool i believe you um that it's got that kind of vibe to it so um i think that might do well as well and what I is it called table land table land rigs uh, i see um, that yep yeah it's got like an amazing team behind it. And, and they're really, I think they've already secured funding. So like the mint was at 0.05 because they didn't need to raise like a large amount of capital. Um, I think the art is really cool. But like I said, I haven't really dug into it. So I don't really like really know, but I, I think it it has strong potential. And, and like the floor, it went to like 0 0.5, 0 0.6 last night because there's some sort of artificial supply shock. It's back at 0.2 now. Um, I think like between the 0.1 and 0.2 range is probably pretty good accumulation state uh, space for that i'll probably pick up more um in that range but again like i i have not a strong understanding of it 
Eddie, did you just buy Tableland right now? Are you Ed, Ed, Eddie? Is that you? No, no, I totally did because I've been literally staring at it for the last 20 minutes and it, it just kind of pushed me over the edge. So, so, so if Zeneca says the name of a project, Eddie's like, okay, cool, deploy capital. Well, let's all go. right, here, here in, we go. In, in all fairness, I, I heard about it the very first time from Eddie. So in the 333 club, <laughs> Eddie mentioned it yesterday and, and said he was bullish on it. I was like, TLDR, what is it? And then said a bunch of words, and I had no idea what, what it was about. I have um, this. I, 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 yeah, this been, literally sounds like our show when we when we're like <laughs> live on air, and and uh, I'm like, yo, I think I'm getting this thing. Uh, Captain Kicks is getting this thing, and then Po's buying it, and then we're looking at it, and we're like, oh my god, the floor going up, and it's us three all yeah. all, all buying it. Uh, yeah. It was. I was literally staring at it for the last twenty minutes, and I was like, all right, this is a sign from God. I have to. <laughs> the, Zeneca, the god. I, I just bought one, by the way. I just bought a floor one that had a Pepe on it. So I'm in the club too. We're all in what the are... Table Land Club. One of my favorite yeah. things about this show is that pretty routinely, like the Discord will be degenning and then we'll be talking on stage and also degenning. And it will be completely separate collections. Like the, the group of speakers will just degen completely differently than the Discord. But we do enjoy both watching each other do completely distinct things. It's like two chips passing in the night. Yeah, and the reason that I was comfortable buying this is because I had heard about this before as well. Uh, the floor one that I just bought has a Pepe in it, actually. So that like kind of spoke to me like that was a sign that I should buy it because of my PFP. But actually, most importantly, the key detail was that Zeneca said that it went up to like 0.5 last night. I just like the idea in this market of buying something that already pumped considerably higher uh, than where it's at now because like I know kicks bought like gossamer seed you know some of these things that are coming out like they they're pretty decent and I feel like in a bull market they would have popped like something like gossamer seed absolutely would have popped but he bought it at like the all-time high at the time which was like 0.4 and like this market is it's so hard to get things to move when we saw that moonbirds pump I think the pump was from like 20 to 28 which look that's that's nothing to shake a stick at that's a legit pump but if you look at it in US dollar terms compared to the bull run the original moonbirds pump was from 8 to to 40 at, at $3,000 Ethereum. Like, holy shit. Like, that is a pump and a half, you know? So it's it's just a different game right now. Um, Nick, I saw you unmuted. I, I don't know if you had something to say or I, I was going to throw to Jesse or Note or or Eddie here. Um, keep the show rolling along. Shout out to Eddie, by the way, too, for putting us in touch with Zeneca um, and getting this set up. This was awesome. And, and Zeneca, this has been fantastic we're, we're, so hey, and far. Th thanks for creating a bull run on uh, Tableland Rigs. I'm now not in it. I'm not part of the club. Screw y'all. You know, you guys go play that game and have fun, uh, you know, hanging out uh, one evening and playing board games. I'm going to be over here uh, just playing with my board ape. Very nice. Play with your ape. Uh, there's been nine sales after my buy on table. Lands. Following dumb money into into the <laughs> NFTs. That's the way. If you want, listen to this show. Just follow one bad idea after the next. Uh, well, like suddenly we have an NFT bull run. The, yeah, this is a monster bull run on it. It went from 0.22 floor to 0.245. Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. Watch out. Sell. <laughs> yeah, sell. Hey, I'm selling for a point. You just made 10%. <laughs> That would be, be a Jesse trade, right? That's, that's how Jesse's collected his money even during the bull run. Uh, he's out here scalping 0.05 ETH uh, on NFTs one at a time, you know, paying, <laughs> paying, uh, paying rent each month for free. J Jesse, what's on your mind? 
Yeah, I, I know that Zeneca's obviously bullish on art blocks. I, and I see the art blocks thing on one level because it's not just even just digital artists who were, you know, previously doing JPEGs and then put it on the blockchain, right? It has this code-based thing. Um, you know, it's, code is a big part of it. It also came out right around the time that NFT started to boom. So it's got this real, like, McLuhan-type it's part of the moment. Um, but I didn't know what you thought about other digital artists like like Beeple. So I think Beeple is a complete hack who will be forgotten to time. And what? I didn't know. Yeah, his art is terrible. On his best day, he's solely to X copies Mozart. Okay, read a book, guys, or at least watch the movie Amadeus. <laughs> read, watch Amadeus for you DNs. It holds up. It's only two hours. You don't need to do <laughs> so what, um, I didn't know what you thought about some of these other artists that are... Um, yeah, just like that, that, that whole timing thing. Like, is it, is it, is it, are you cool with anybody that was like a digital artist in the 90s or maybe 10 years ago that, that's now, you know, they throw it on Web3? Or do you think it really has to be like in this moment to, to, to be a whole well, kind of long term value? Because the art blocks thing seems like it has that potential. And before you answer that question, I just want to say, uh, Jesse used the name, invoked Marshall McLuhan to sound uh, intelligent before he then uh, said Beeple sucks. So I just <laughs> want to say that's what how he used that to sort of validate his position. Uh, but anyways, sorry, uh, Zeneca, you can go ahead and answer. Yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> um, um, I'm not an expert uh, by any stretch. Well, yeah, definitely not on um, art or digital art. Um, or even like one of one art in the space. I do think that uh, artists who were creating digital art in the '90s, early or the 2000s, coming into the space now, absolutely, I think can and should find success because this is sort of native to their um, their genre, um, and we're probably going to see them break out. I think it's like uh, it, it's basically like any art. I saw this. I think some of you have probably seen it. It was circulating Twitter a while back. Like this meme true pie charts on the left where it was like artists in the 70s or something i was like 90 uh what was it um 20 percent art 80 percent um sex drugs and rock and roll and then now in today it's like 20 percent art 80 percent social media or, or something like that and uh, it's the unfortunate reality that like artists these days really have to understand marketing for the most part and sort of getting the word out and then obviously there's a relationship to help on that front too um but yeah like i I don't know, to answer your question uh, a bit more, I think I think there's something to be said about like not necessarily the quote-unquote objective quality of the art, um, but the, the story and narrative and culture behind it. And I think that's where some of these artists who have been creating NFTs for years already and were like in the space in 2017, 2018, um, there's just, there's always, I, I'm pretty sure, going to be tremendous value in, in their works and collections. Um, for cultural, historical, all sorts of reasons like that, um, versus someone who just comes out today and starts to try and release digital art. It's going to be a lot harder for them um, by that. Um, a couple of my favorite artists that I would love to own one-on-ones of one day, um, DK Motion and Sealite, I think they're both, they just create such beautiful pieces and they're just ludicrously expensive at this point to get a one-on-one, but um, yeah, I really love them. And obviously X-Copy as well, but. Yeah, so, I mean, I, uh, I, 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 Nick kind of pawns me there with the with the McLuhan own. 
Um, I know saying, say, dropping Marshall McLuhan, you might as well just say I like Seinfeld. It's so lazy. But I did not, in my defense, <laughs> I, did, I did not use the words duomorphic in my defense. But, um, <laughs> okay. uh, what, what, but I guess the, the only other thing I was, I was wondering is if you think, the one other thing I think about NFTs when it comes to stuff like art blocks is it's, it's impossible to see in the moment that you're too early. It takes like a while for the first iteration usually gets forgotten to time. So like early jazz, you know, the early comics don't matter until Superman, you know, or whatever it is. Early hip hop doesn't matter till whatever, tribe, but whatever it is, like the, the earliest people aren't the most revered. And so I didn't know what you thought about that in terms of if you think art blocks could eventually get forget. Like, how do you think about that in terms of long term? Well, real quick, though, uh, Jesse, art blocks isn't like the first, right? When you I think when you look at the first, you have to look at some of these historical things. And we always on this show, a lot of times we can poo poo the historical stuff. Um, and I, I get what you mean. Because it's dumb. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's interesting counterpoint. Yeah, keep going, sir. Yeah, it was just like Sugar Hill Gang's the first hip hop song, right? But it, until you get to like Run DMC and stuff, it's it, it the the artists aren't as revered. So I almost put Art Blocks as like Run DMC, but I Zeneca might disagree with me. Uh, I, I mean, I definitely agree to a large extent in that historical doesn't mean a whole lot um, in many instances. But in the in, in the sense of Art Blocks and generative art on the blockchain. Um, First was autoglyphs, and I think you know they're by Lava Labs. They're pure OG artblocks. Um, there's clear inspiration uh, from Lava Labs for artblocks. So autoglyphs are like you know they're the grails of generative art, and I think the floor is like two hundred something ETH now. There's five hundred and twelve of them, which honestly I think in in five ten years it's going to look like a massive discount because yeah, like, there is some value to being the the, the first if it continues to like if from that it spawns like a movement a genre a revolution which we're seeing with generative art um art blocks has sort of taken that and sort of created this platform as like the first and largest and 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 it, yeah um generative art platform for generative artists and collectors on the blockchain and it's all like become like a brand in and of itself that has really set a standard that i think um and it has such an enormous network effect and again doing it basically well before we see there's a bunch of other platforms out now um and that's great i think you know the more the merrier art blocks is one approach to generative art um curation or or, or release but we got uh what is it gen.art gmdao on on ethereum there's fx hash on tezos and, and it's clear that like more and more people are getting into it but um as for like platforms art blocks i believe was the first um generative art platform on the blockchain generative art has been around since like the 60s uh so it's, it's it's not a new thing but generative art in the blockchain is and i think yeah bullish on art blocks I, literally during this spaces um i just got a um delivery and uh art blocks sent me because i couldn't make it to the event at nft myc so they sent me like a, a basically like a goodie package with um some merch and like a hat uh, a mug some stickers and yeah just funny time really nice of them that's awesome, man. Yeah, Snowfro is an investor in the Nifty in our business. So obviously, shout out to uh, to Artblocks, great people over there. Kicks, you just raised your hand. You also bought this table land thing, and and you've been a contributor and to also, this mini uh, bull run. Go, go ahead, Nick. Hey, just, I'm, uh, I'm live on the scene. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> we we can hear you, Kicks. It sounds like there's a lot going on in the background. What's going on, buddy? Oh my God, it's phenomenal down here. I'm at a uh, live event with uh, table rig owners. We're watching <laughs> the floor price. 
Crowd's going wild. People are just cheering. I don't know. It, it's 9.52 a.m. in a park. I don't know where they're getting the alcohol, but people are drinking. This floor, I'm up. I'm up 25% in 11 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, what a monster pump of 0 0.08. If you listen to this show, you can learn how to make 30 U.S. dollars in a 10-minute span. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Nick, you were going to say something? Uh, otherwise, I'll throw it to Node. You can go to Node. Nodester. 50 minutes in. Oh, I've had my hand raised. I am probably the only speaker on stage that loves art blocks and has been just dying to speak with one of my heroes, Zeneca. Uh, and finally you let me. So this is an honor. <laughs> and, I, and no. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give Zeneca some flowers here because it makes Nick really uncomfortable when I compliment another man in particular. So <laughs> Zeneca, let me just tell you this. I've been following you for over a year and a half. Freaking love your investing strategy. You're, I'm a massive fan. So uh, let's Stop get it. that out of the way. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I do have a question, though. So, so it, when it comes to art blocks in particular, I mean, it, it just feels great to have somebody that actually appreciates art, you know, and when I'm stuck on the stage with all these heathens. But, the, <laughs> the, that, you know, my, my overarching thesis is that, you know, all value accrues to the top. Uh, I feel like there's a few collections that have kind of made it there on art blocks, you know, Fidenzas and Ringers. But then there's, a, you know, there's like your, your, your mid-tiers, like uh, uh, Meridians, Memories of Chilin, Anticyclones, that are kind of like hovering around that 10 ETH mark. Uh, which, which one of those do you feel like has the, like, I, I guess it's all kind of, you know, subjective because, you know, art is art. But what do you feel like, uh, you know, out of those mid-tiers, which of those would you, would you pick to kind of uh, transcend that upper echelon of, uh, of art blocks? Oh, yeah, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words. That's, that's just a pleasure to chat with you. Um, I Oh, and also, I'm unfortunately going to have to hop off in five minutes because I have, I have a meeting. But let's talk uploads for five minutes because that, that sounds great. Um, it, it's the impossible question, right? Like, which, you know, everyone has different, um, like, artists objective and different people like different things. Me personally, uh, of the ones you mentioned, I think Meridian is probably the one that I would be – if I had to bet on one of the one of those to, to sort of break out and really become one of those upper echelon collections, I think it's it's revered by basically everyone. Um, I've seen there's been a bunch of people posting pictures of like physical prints they've got that are massive and they look absolutely awesome. Um, at NFT NYC, they had uh, for the Artblocks event, they had a 30 foot Samsung monitor, and because of the way that um, Uplocks is all on chain and resolution agnostic. All their pieces could be like they're infinitely scalable. So they just blew up all the art and um, we're cycling through it on the screen. And there's this one picture of um, a DJ, and then on the backdrop is a meridian with like a, like a blue mountain and a black sky, and it just looks absolutely epic. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I, I'm like in real time thinking why I don't have more. I have two. Um, which is obviously plenty, but I have, um, I have three. Or, I have four memories of Keelan and seven anticyclones, and like I should be selling those and getting <laughs> at least one more Meridian because they're goddamn beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Do you, uh, in terms of like when it, when it comes to a little bit of the historical aspect, right? Like, I also I also wonder, you know, just because there's momentum with these earlier projects. Do you worry about, you know, like, will future projects have as much, uh, you know, like draw or pull compared to those 
that were in kind of the art block season one, you know, the first year? Um, I, I think it really does depend. I would say um, just as like a blanket statement, probably not. And, and we're sort of seeing that already with like some of the collections from season four, five, six, seven. And for those who don't know, Artbox breaks like each quarter counts as a season in, in the way that they break it down. Um, they are, yeah, like it's, it's very much a mixed bag. Whereas say anything from season one, you'll often hear people talk about and, and collect from a collector's and historical perspective, especially like day, day one or day zero, like the day they launched, there were three collections, um, Genesis, Construction Token and Chromie Squiggle. And, and um, like those three are probably always going to just, be perform exceptionally well um, from that perspective. And then I think it does get more difficult, like, not just because there's, they're, they're coming later in the timeline and you don't have that historical thing, but like there's sort of like so much existing work out there in order to stand out compared to the you know, hundreds of collections, let alone tens of thousands, if you look at like all the generative art being released in the world, um, you kind of have to do something special, something different, something innovative, um, or just something that looks incredibly beautiful and has like diversity in the algorithm. And I think um, we, we're definitely seeing some of that come through. Uh, I think the most recent drop really is incredible. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, it, it's going to get maybe a little tougher, but uh, you know, that's, that's a job for the curation board and the Testament. And, and it's like generally like pushing boundaries all the time and trying new things. So I think we're going to see some cool stuff continue to come out. I love that. Thank you, sir. There you go, Node. I love spicy Node. Node. Node was unhappy about having his hand raised for too long. When Node gets spicy, it's always great content. Uh, Eddie, you have your hand raised. I think we got to let Zeneca go in a moment. But uh, again, Eddie's responsible for setting this up. What's on your mind, buddy? Yeah, man. I, first off, uh, Zeneca, glad that you came along. It's one of my favorite shows. So um, I, I'm very happy that you got a chance to come by. Um, I'll touch really quickly on uh table and i wanted to touch on something else but i feel like since we you know led to so many people just throwing their money in table and i might as well provide at least some level of resource to know what the hell you just bought um table garbage <laughs> uh, if i drop off in a minute just uh excuse me thank you so much for having me and uh, i'll just quietly leave uh, in a moment our pleasure, man. This was great, Zeneca. You're welcome anytime, and uh, we'd love to book yeah. you for a, a YouTube deep dive as well. Uh, but yeah, we'd love that. Great. Awesome, awesome, man. Uh, Eddie or, or Kicks, it sounded like you wanted to book something. No, out. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie was still going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eddie. Wow. Okay. No, no, no. It's all right. Um, so just really quickly, what the way I found it originally was uh, I followed this thing called Chad Follows. So it kind of just follows when bigger or really important accounts. Um, notice and start following the same thing at the same time. So it was originally like I originally found it because they're building a protocol. It's not an NFT. It, well, the base thing is a protocol. Um, what it essentially is, is it's like a, a MySQL database for EVM, which is just like a metadata metadata um, database manager, I guess you could say, you could say for EVM things. Uh, honestly, let's be real. I'm not the most technical person. And a lot of the founders are... Um, to be to be frank, hyper nerds, so they don't do a great job of explaining it clearly for um, smaller brains like myself. But I did retweet one of my friends, Mr. Mallory, um, who does a really good job of explaining it in like a little bit more simplified terms. So hopefully that provides a little bit more insight. Essentially, the NFTs are like um, more of a display of Tableland's ability. 
rather than of what they're building itself. Self. Um, but I just think it's really cool. And also some alpha. They have hinted, hinted very, very lightly um, that there might be a chance that whatever their protocol coin comes out, which I believe they said is aimed for next year, it might be, you know, the NFTs might be the first ones to get a look at that. So this is a longer term hold. It's not super, super short term unless you're looking for a point oh, you know, a third dollar profit <laughs> alluded to. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much pretty much what I've got to say on that. I mean, you never know. Sometimes people want that $30 profit. Gentlemen, we'll do a little room reset here. Uh, if it's your first time listening to the show, this is the NFT Morning Show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, where we talk all things NFT market, the shit that's going up, the shit that's hitting the fan. Uh, I'm your host, P.O., here with the co-host, Nifty Nick, Captain Kick, Signal, uh, Easy Eats Bodega, some of our badass speakers, Ben Jammin, Micah G, Spencer Gordon, San Depeche Node, and of course, Eddie Quad and Jesse today. Uh, if you want to speak, at, request to come on stage. And if not, just sit back. Uh, but we got more to go. We're sponsored by FTX. Sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Uh, FTX has stock trading being added to the platform without payment for order flow. So your trades will not get front run. But we're going to go here for another 28 minutes. So we got to dive into some of this market activity and the news stories from the NFT space. Let's get after it. All yeah. right. <laughs> what was that, Jesse? Oh, just going to throw in a real quick joke that nothing, yeah, there's nothing, nothing hotter than my databases, man. Query me, baby. I'm open source. Let's go. <laughs> Jesse just coming in and just going, yeah. Um, anyways, so one thing I wanted to talk about since we brought up art blocks and Popcan, one of our, our mods in the Discord with the big brain suggestion, apparently Three Arrows Capital, their NFT fund is getting liquidated. What a dumpster fire uh, your boy Suzu created over there. Holy shit. But, but when? Like, is there any details on that? Because there was, uh, there was I think I saw a show yesterday or something uh, where people were discussing what the implications of 3AC's uh, NFT fund getting... I mean, look, they're under bankruptcy, so it's going to have to get liquidated um, if they can find the keys. Uh, but, like, what's the details on what their holdings uh, are? Like, I think they own a bunch of well, crypto punks. I, I was going to say, one of, their, one of their biggest holdings, um, if not their largest, is that they own, like, a lot of Fidenzas. Like, over 10 Fidenzas. And so I was having this discussion yesterday with um, Defiance Works about like it, it'll be interesting to see if that Fidenza holding um, has an impact on the market depending on how they auction, etc. Like I know there's a lot of discussion because um, Fidenza is not a collection that has a ton of sales usually. And so 10 entering the market at one time or 20 or however many it is, is a pretty significant percentage of like all the Fidenza sales. Now it could be that an individual whale goes and scoops up like a lot of it. Or, or it uses an opportunity to build a portfolio in like one sort of buy. Um, or it could be that that sort of um, the market impact is similar to if you just listed 10 Fidenzas. But I'm, I'm very curious to see because there's a couple of collections like that where they own a pretty significant percentage of the like trading supply. Yeah, there's a they, they own like over 20, they own like 20 Fidenzas, 20 ringers. Uh, they they own three autoglyphs. Like their collection is one of the most one of the best art collections out there. I would say the uh, there is one really interesting thing that that actually has a dramatic impact on 
on a collection. So Dmitry Cherniak, the, the, the artist behind Ringers, he created a collection called The Eternal Pump, and there was only 50 of them. And then what he did is he, he gave each one of them the ability to mint one, uh, what's called Rapture. It's this collection called Rapture. So they, each, one, each, each owner of an Eternal Pump could mint one Rapture. So there's 50 Raptures in total. But the collection is technically capped at 666 uh, mints. And so if nobody, if, if, if collectively nobody sells their Rapture or lists it or transfers it, I think, uh, then the collection for one year, they have to hold it for one year, then the collection remains at 50. But if any sold, then all of a sudden an extra 616 mints uh, will show up on the scene and totally you know, increase the supply. So how, how interesting would it be if, if, if this all happened because 3AC got liquidated and it, and it totally changed the dynamic of that collection? Uh, pretty interesting. I think both of those things that were just brought up are bearish for those collections. Fide uh, Spencer's point on Fidenzas is just totally spot on. Like, who's going to buy a Fidenza right now when you know double digit Fidenzas are going to hit the market? If you don't, like, if you're new to NFTs, well, yeah, so, so, real, Theo, well, just real, real quick, oh, though, if yeah. you're new to NFTs and you don't know this, like, wait, more are Fidenzas are coming? Yeah, no, 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 no. Fidenzas are staying the same, but no, not the supply. Yeah, not the, the supply. Yeah, Fidenzas, nothing's changing. It's this collection called The Rapture by Dmitry Cherniak. There's 50 of them. But part of his, like, part of the deal that he put out there is like, it may be embedded in the contract. It's like, if any are listed or sold, then it will open up an additional 616 mints. And it, like, Eternal Pumps, for example, like, None of them are like two of the two of the eternal pumps are for sale for like 300 ETH uh, and none of the raptures are for sale. So, yeah, that's the only collection where the supply would change. But I honestly I don't know, Pio, if it's going to be that bearish because, I mean, I imagine uh, I mean, dude, I'll do it. Let's organize it on the show. Like I, I would love to form a, a group and buy the whole collection. I, <laughs> I think it's going to be an OTC deal. I, I, that's what I think. Well, I, yeah, it that's be. different. But I, what I was going to say is, uh, and, and just to be clear, I was not suggesting that the overall supply of Fidenza was going to increase. What I was saying is when you look at how many Fidenza sell, although there has actually been more liquidity in the past five days, you have several, several days since June 20th where zero Fidenzas have sold. So let's, I think an OTC deal is much more realistic as well. But let's just say that they did actually go to the open market. They're going to crash the floor. That's how it works with illiquid assets. Like when there's one sale on a Fidenza. Well, like no, I was going to say, wouldn't it be, this is like a kind of a fact. If people have been looking through this 3AC collection and just like drooling over like how amazing it is. And, you know, there are things called like liquidation or state, you know, like estate sales. I, I mean, if they did like an auction style thing with this, and it would be smart if they did it to like they could actually generate buzz and probably get more for this collection that way than even OTC. That, I, mean, yeah. I don't know. That sounds interesting well, to me. So, 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 so the thing that's interesting about this, too, is like there is actually precedent for this. So people were having the same discussions when um, there was that auction for 101 board apes. People remember people were saying, OK, will it go for more than the floor price of 101 board apes? Will it go for less? It ended up going for basically exactly market. Um, maybe a little bit under, if I remember correctly. Um, and so I think you're, you're completely correct. There's a big question. Well, my guess is that um, there's a big question of if the entire collection will be auctioned as a unit 
Or if like smaller things, like they could, for example, break out the 20 Fidenzas, maybe that's one lot in the auction. They could break out Fidenzas individually. Um, but I, I agree, like the, the, the intuition of like someone may go in and just buy the whole portfolio is, is, is interesting, but it, this will also set a kind of cool precedent for, for people who have funds in the space because the like one of the big questions for funds is how do you exit your positions? And I know some people have talked about trying to fractionalize, et cetera, et cetera. But like seeing if there is like a, I mean, I, I don't know the market have their collection, but I'm guessing it's in the 40 to $100 million range, which is, is if they're auctioning it as one collection, like there's not a lot of buyers that can buy a collection of that size, especially in this market. The argument that this is just going to crash the floor, though, I, I don't agree with. I, and, and it's not in the seller's best interest. Obviously, they need to, uh, uh, you know, sell in an expedient manner. But I don't think that, uh, and they're going to do it in a way which absolutely just wrecks the value of the NFTs. They, their uh, best interest is with those that have claims against this portfolio. So them trying to like sell it at a fifty percent discount to me just doesn't make any sense. Um, and and I yes, you're correct uh, that there's going to be more Fidenzas on the market, but it's to people who want Fidenzas right now. Uh, and I think that there's definitely, uh, however they sell it, they're going to figure out a path which gets them uh, the most money that they can. And so, yeah, I just don't think it's going to completely uh, implode the market. Yeah, I didn't think it was a complete implosion. And maybe I was too uh, too aggressive with my comments. We will see. Uh, you know, the bottom line is this. It's not going to be the end of Fidenzas because they're selling 10 Fidenzas. But I was just talking about if they needed to get rid of them right away. But then again, I also don't know how these things work when like an NFT fund. <laughs> get, you know what I mean? Like, well, how could, often? <laughs> could you imagine them? They're just sitting there and they're like, I need to fucking get rid of these Fidenzas. Can I sell it to you for $50? <laughs> like, geez, like, just take this thing. $50. I just, I, we need to get rid of them. Uh, well, you can't find any buyers. No, they're like. Yeah, they're like, gonna... so, sorry. In my life, it's like, yeah, you remember when your auntie had to get rid of her 10 Fidenzas real quick? And it's like not really something that I'm dealing with every day, you know. Uh, Quad, you just raised your hand. Uh, you came on the show yesterday and you detailed your trade of selling Mutant Coda Land and a few other assets to buy third Moonbird. And you gave us your thesis on why you were bullish on Moonbirds. What are you going to give us today, Quad? Happy Friday. Well, happy Friday, guys. The, the, the first thing I kind of want to pile on this, uh, this 3AC liquidation is if you read that thread from one of the guys that's a, a creditor, at the end, he said, he said that uh, the liquidator will sell all of 3AC's assets, including the NFT portfolio held by StarryCap. But Vincent Van Doe and, uh, hasn't explained why the NFTs were moved almost one month ago before the shit hit the fan. So I think there's still some questions out there about if they can even access the NFTs to sell, uh, almost like they were moved purposely to uh, make it so that they were not accessible during this liquidation. Wait, Vincent Van Doe's involved with this? Yes, because he is part of uh, Starry Night Capital, which uh, is in charge of managing the NFT portfolio uh, of uh, Three Arrows Capital. So wow. Vincent Van Doe, uh, I, I think is in charge of uh of of this which should make everybody a little nervous and by the way the uh the it, according to that same thread with that creditor 
it, it says that they're holding a meeting on Monday, July 18th. So that may be a day to where we might learn a few things. And and also they do own like, you know, they don't just own art. They've, they've got like five or 10 crypto punks. They got a zombie punk. They got a gold ape. They've got all sorts of goodies in there. Mm, well, you know, Vince Van Doe is uh, probably the largest holder of, uh, of rare Pepe's. So we'll see how this affects the rare Pepe market. Uh, probably just buries it, like literally pours the last bit of dirt over it. Uh, Eddie has his hand raised. What's going on? So the other thing I wanted to touch on, and I, I think Easy would have a lot more understanding of this than I would, although I will say um, it seems like he didn't really want to share this alpha until his show later on. But regardless, um, Yaw was a was a marketplace that released today. It's Y-A-W-W-W. And it kind of sparked a lot of discussion uh, yesterday over royalties and how we should handle royalties kind of like as an NFT community. Their big thing is that they... Like they allow the listers of the NFT to determine how much of a creator fee they want to pay, as well as how much of a platform fee. So listers of NFTs can list their NFT with zero royalties being paid, period. Um, obviously led to some seriously hot discussion yesterday in terms of just like had a lot of people very upset or in favor or against it. Um, it leads to an interesting discussion. I mean, there's also things that projects can do on their end to try and, you know, mitigate this where they perhaps freeze assets in terms of like, you know, your board ape that you sold without creator fees doesn't get any future airdrops or things along those nature. Um, ultimately, it's a, you know, it's a pretty interesting development to follow. Um, and I think it's just worth noting. It's Y-A-W-W-W. Yeah, easy would definitely know. One other thing that's worth noting is our very own uh, nifty portal whale 99th.eth is in the Discord right now poking around asking for the 3AC wallet. So watch out. If you're looking to collect some of 3AC's assets, you got some competition from 99th. I wouldn't want to be bidding against that. So turn uh, to the audience here. We got a call in. We got a little call in right now. We got Medieval, uh, medieval Shrink. Says that you're a dad and you're a shrink. You're also an NFT collector. You can't do Twitter psychiatry, but you're happy to answer questions. Uh, you requested to speak. What's on your mind? Well, uh, first of all, thanks, man. Your show, I love it, but uh, my work usually has meetings where I can't listen to all of it. I have to catch it in pieces. I Get off about, the stage. If you don't listen about, to the oh, whole no, no, show. no, I'm going to resign today. I'm resigning today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you guys were talking about artists from the. Um, from the 90s and 2000s, there is a guy, I met him here in Nashville, uh, Jeremy Cowart. Have you heard of him? Can't say I have. Well, he's got he's got a thing that he put together. It's kind of like the uh, transitions where you can interact with it. It's his artwork over the past 20 years. He just announced on his Twitter that he's getting picked up by Super Rare for the entire piece. All 999 pieces are going to Super Rare on Wednesday. Which are, uh, are, <clears throat> Does that take okay. him off of uh, OpenSea? So sorry, I'm just trying to understand. What, so, what was your did, yeah. what did you just ask about OpenSea? Well, he's on OpenSea right now with the 999, and then, uh, like you say, he's getting picked up by Super Rare. The entire thing's getting picked up on Wednesday. Does that uh, does that mean you leave OpenSea, or can you stay on both? Well, I mean, a contract is a contract that's accessible anywhere uh, that's on the blockchain. So I don't see anything that's wrong with that. What do you mean in terms of leave OpenSea? I mean, once you've created the contract. 
it, it's out there. That, no, that's, that's my ignorance. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know if you if you could only post on one or not. No, you can post uh, anywhere. Uh, I think the main uh, thing is is if the drop is happening on Super Rare. Super Rare may have like there may be a new contract for the drop. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, I this name has. I, I'm following this artist and I've spoken with them before. So um, you're talking about Jeremy Cowart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy out of Nashville. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, but are are you collecting? Oh hell yeah! I mean, like I say, I went and saw him talk. Um, he's got a thing on YouTube where he kind of talks about his life, and uh, if you listen, it's really. Uh, it's really kind of inspirational kind of thing. And so at the end of his talk, he said he started NFT. So I went over and that's, that's what got me into it is I started buying his and then uh, spread out a little bit and been uh, losing money in a lot of places. That's, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> that's how you do it. You know, so yeah, I've been in NFTs for a little while. I'm now losing money on multiple platforms. Um, you know, I've got several wallets that I lose money on. Um, real quick, I'm going to throw to Mike in a second, but Sneaker Dad, a uh, friend of the show, and I believe Drift's manager, if I'm not mistaken, uh, said that we said something incorrect about the 3AC liquidation. He said, or, or specifically about Starry Night Capital by Vince Van Doe, he said that Starry Night moved the NFTs but they're going to be liquidated once proceedings move forward within the next six months. However, Vince Van Doe's personal account isn't affected. So for all the rare Pepe collectors out there, there are not going to be 1,000 rare Pepes hitting the market in the near future, I'm assuming, by Vince Van Doe. Uh, Micah, you have your hand raised. What's going he on? He also has some drop, apparently, uh, on the rare Pepe side of things. Well, it's not rare. It's, it's fake a, rares. Yeah, fake rares. With, it's like with a this. sick drop. Yeah, with this lineup of artists, I saw Farouk tweeted about this. Um, looks pretty cool. You can get one of 100, and it's on uh, Bitcoin, which is pretty sweet. Let's go. Uh, I will definitely, if that prompts any sort of rare Pepe bull run, I will certainly um, sell some because they've just been illiquid for so long, and I've got some pretty good ones. Uh, also, don't be surprised if you see more and more Bitcoin action uh, in the NFT space. And also don't be surprised if everything accrues to Bitcoin in the okay. distant future, in the distant future, <laughs> not, not tomorrow. Okay. People are going to be like, yo, I thought you said nah, anyway, Micah, what's up? So, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday, but the thing with uh 10 KTF and they sent out a, a tweet, which like they've hinted at other side related stuff, but they sent out a tweet that literally says, we need to get Wagmisan new glasses first trip this up and he might be hurt like no other sidestep obstacles if you can which if you get the end of those sentences it literally says first trip and other side so it seems like they're basically at this point saying like they're connected they're doing it i don't know what that means yet but uh it seems like the most obvious thing they've said so far that like they are directly working with that team you should just consider it an other side asset so i'm curious to hear if anyone else is buying or selling what? off of that but like What's up with this like bullshit where there was I was supposed to withdraw something to get the rewards and I didn't do that? Like, do you know anything? Yeah, about that. Well, they have this battle dot town, which is like if you have assets, you can go on these missions, which essentially is just like staking your asset and then they'll give you something in return. Like the last time I did it, I, I staked my asset. You wait 24 hours. They're like, great, we're back or we've succeeded. Come get your reward. And I got a piece of leather that was worth 0.3 Ethereum. Um, so I would heavily suggest doing that. There's one that starts today, like this, uh, this 
prompt is essentially if you have any piece of material or you have one of the Gucci grails, um, you'll just stake it later today and then they'll come back with something. So I would heavily suggest doing that if you're involved in the ecosystem. But so, I staked before and what happened, like, and I didn't take, it sounds like there was some follow-up action that you take. Um, so there was one where there was, there like was three different uh, things in a row you had to do. So, so what happened was there, so the, the, the reward for staking was not the, so like was not the thread that was like a, a bonus that they've been hinting at pretty strongly a concept of the new Tokyo dollar, which is like their token. And I think the staking will ultimately build likely towards something like that. Um, there was a couple of these missions who go on where you did get like either leather or a spool, which was 0.7 or um, there was like other materials when the store was open for crafting. Um, and you could withdraw those materials, but it was only if you staked and you had to stake like individually, like maybe four or five or, or something, maybe even six times. It was a lot of times. Um, and so there's another staking today, but they, they, they keep saying like the things that you've been getting are not the like mean reward. The mean reward is still coming. This thing and is think... so stupid. It's like so complicated. I got to figure out like what I put something in. I, I forget to take it out. I don't know if I'm even getting anything. There's no documentation that I'm reading anywhere. I'm supposed to be like, am I supposed to spend all day in their in their Discord? Like, this is so They tweet like, except for the Thursday after TMYC, they tweet out instructions. There's instructions on the website for 24 hours before the staking starts, and then at the end of the staking window, you can. I mean, you could still go and check and see if you have rewards that you didn't claim, but. I don't think it's that complicated. It's maybe like a little bit annoying that it's it's once a week, but once a week, it's the same time. It's like Thursday evening. There's like new instructions and it's episodic. So I always just strap in on Thursday nights to do 10 KTF stuff. But I know I'm, not I'm worried that, that I have the bearish case of other side though is what Nick is, is at right now, which is a whole bunch of finance people that are like, wait, I got to go farm my land or. Oh, I got to go craft supplies. I don't have time for this bullshit. So that's that's my bearish worry about other sides. Yeah, we got the whole 10 KTF Don't, don't squad. worry. Uh, NFT Nick will have, uh, you know, an army of Indonesian scholars just, uh, you know, making him uh, farm in his land and all that stuff for him. Nick's a good business guy. He'll set up a good guild. <laughs> well, anyway, I see all of the 10 KTF folks requesting to speak right now uh i love 10kt i participate i own the assets but every time we start talking about it it, it just becomes like everybody wants to talk about it if you're interested in 10ktf go into the discord and you can learn all about 10ktf they have a very passionate community okay uh no do you have your hand raised what's going on yeah i i do not own any 10ktf because it's too confusing it kind of gives me a little bit of the uh the meta hero vibes which i wanted to share a quick a few with much less supply go ahead yeah yeah, interesting. So here's an interesting data point. The Goblin Burgers, so not even the goblins themselves, but the McGoblin Burger has flipped the Meta Hero floor. So that's interesting. Uh, then there's another, uh, I've been hearing, I've been getting hit up. So the company I work for uh, is, is building its stuff on Hedera. Um, and I've been getting hit up by like all Let's these people that, that love Hedera, right? And, uh, and I know nothing about the NFT world, but there is actually an NFT ecosystem it's on massive. Hedera. It's pumping. I'm up it 5x is... on these ghosts. Yeah, it's the uh, the I'm dead, hyped. yeah, dead pixel club is is up at like a, a one ETH floor right now, apparently. Which like three days ago was it was like 0.25. Everyone was like hitting me up to buy these things, and I'm like, I don't even have a wallet yet, so I need to figure this out. But that is an interesting data point that I you know I, it didn't know existed. 
They went two hundred fifty dollars to I think they're sitting at like sixteen hundred right now. I'm not mad about it. I only own one, but uh, oh, you I just you're already in. Look yeah, at this bro. guy. I've been in. I, I have text to Nick and Kick saying I'm buying H bar here at like five cents or five hundredths of a cent, whatever it was. I've been like tailing this because it's just like a lot of smart money involved. And like I say it all the time, like I'm behind Seoul because I don't fade VC funding. And H bar has like has like even more of it. So it's an actual project called like Koala Club or some shit dropping on there, or they have a second mint rollout on it. But yeah, I mean, I'm slowly getting more and more into H bar stuff. Easy. I, I have some breaking news. Oh, oh shit! Let's go. Uh, Ryan Carson swept the Tableland floor. Uh, it. from his fund, and now the floor is like point four. This is some damn oh, bullshit. Yeah, he copy traded us. Let's go. Let's go. Fuck oh, yeah, baby, to the moon. <laughs> NFT Nick, what you say now, boys? <laughs> Yo, shout out to my favorite guy in the whole NFT space right now, Ryan fucking Carson. Let's go. <laughs> Once you again, I bought my I bought my Tableland rig like five minutes before him, so I I'll hold this longer as well, dude. I got I always got the one up on that. Short so, the shit out of this project. It's going to zero. So, so I have so a the Ryan. For, well, my uh, question is: Is Ryan in here on a burner? Because no. I didn't see him listening, or did he someone was here just for a minute? Him? I did see him earlier. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say, like, what if the the fund meeting? It's like, okay, guys, we made some some plays today. How did we come up with those plays? Was it like a bunch of of planning? It's like, oh yeah, I was on a, a morning Twitter space, and I just aped into thirty of them when they mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan and I talk all the time. Uh, he hit me up in DMs. He's like, "What's up with that table rig buy?" And I said, I, "I just see good fundamentals here." And he said, "That's all I need to hear." <laughs> <laughs> uh nick i see I, great fundamentals here get the fuck out of here this this project i i uh, nick i was literally about it before you just started speaking i was literally about to commend you for being a good sport about this one and not being upset that you didn't buy something and your your pals on stage right here did buy it and they're getting the price well, appreciation our discord also uh did a little buy here the Amber Vittoria has this uh, project called Memories of a Masterpiece that our Discord was aping into at point one. It's now at 50% at uh, 0.1449. So it does seem like there's a little bit of action. We got some real NFT market action going on today. That's the type of thing that I'm looking forward to. And uh, we need more of that. Look, I I'm just not into these sort of point one gains. I'm going to be honest, people, you know. <laughs> I'm just completely kidding. I can't <laughs> wait. Next, this time next year, Nick's going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm looking at the fine art stuff. You know, you got to have a Fidenza. You got to have a squiggle and you got to have a table rig. I mean, that's <laughs> just like, that's how the game works. If you try to collect art. It's called Table Land. Kix doesn't even know the name of the thing. No, it's called Table yeah. Land. Rigs. You have no clue how many I bought on Burners, dude. I control a lot of the supply, okay? <laughs> Uh, shout out to Amber Vittoria. I'm a big, big fan of her art style. Anytime I see art that's original, I'm massively impressed because creating original stuff is insanely difficult. And a lot of times uh, with some... Oh, yeah, some art in the NFT space, you see really uh, robust influence from known artists like Picasso, uh, Basquiat, and others. Uh, Nick, what were you going to say? I mean, this looks like generative construction paper.
Um, okay, that that's nice. Nice. That, that's that's literally what it is. Look oh at. Have gosh. you looked at it? Nick, Nick, here's the thing. You would have had a lot of fun at Warhammer 40k meetups at the local card store. But see, you probably would have just made fun of those people at face value. You didn't get to bond and understand some Warhammer. Uh, and just yeah, in okay, case you're wondering, it just took too long to paint those figurines. So I was like, I got well, these. You don't even have to paint. They come pre-painted in a package NFT for you. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we're just talking to Nick. Like he's our cranky grandpa. Uh, in the NFT space, um, like you guys just made a huge swing trade. Pia bought one of these, and it's like, <laughs> well, bam, moving, <laughs> moving the weight around. Uh, and this uh, Amber Vittoria piece. Have you looked at the piece to see that? No, my assessment of this is actually completely spot on with what this looks like. Yeah, I co-sign co as someone who didn't buy these stupid shapes make uh, people look like a freaking genius. Yo, we got the whale in here. Hold on, we got the whale coming through onto the stage. Ryan Carson making Boy, me a nice connect. There he's, he's making me ninety bucks. And Ryan, are, is is this uh, is is this now your uh, portfolio management meeting each morning? It's just this show. I like to stop by and let you know, <laughs> you know, what what I did. It's kind of fun. <laughs> But did it, but but did you hear it first because we were front running you on this on this show? You know how freaking annoyed I was by that actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was literally walking down the street and um, towards my uh, secret mint location and uh, and I heard you all sweeping. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> so uh, I tried to be, uh, but it's Tableland is just a unbelievably high quality project with a team that is just. I, they're so good and the tech behind the project it's innovative it's just everything you want in a project and uh we're proud to uh to be holders let's go i don't even know all that i'm gonna have to buy another now <laughs> this shit is going to zero i've had enough of this nonsense that is non-participant non-holder this is just pure hype and speculation i will pay for someone to create a bot that dms nft on discord with price updates on on this project. Okay. Nick's, Nick's going to decide he likes this project when the floor is like 20 ETH or something. He's I not a buyer he, before then. I bet he would appreciate that. Um, no, I mean, it just, you know, there's just not a better project out there right now that's this early, right? I mean, it hasn't even minted out and it's a, an amazing time to get in. Um, the so art is great. Well, see, the problem is you had to be on an allow list, which we weren't. And so the ones that are on the market right now, we're on the allow list. And uh, I think the buy pressure from here is going to, it'll probably keep going up, but I'm um, really excited to see how this goes. You probably saw they have a, what looks like a nesting mechanic. Uh, they call it a garage. And so, you know, we're going to be putting all of our rigs in the garage as soon as we can. Uh, you can upgrade Wait, I them. thought this was just art. It has utility. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. No, I'm actually. I didn't know any of this. I'm dead serious. Like, I, I may uh, want a couple more of these little flying uh, guys. I, I almost said captain, and I, I apologize. King kicks. Um, oh yeah you, should, yeah. you should do your own research, brother. I mean, this is a very, very good project. Um, <laughs> you know, and I heard about it first in proof. Like, I'll, I'll be clear about that. Kevin interviewed the team. Uh, I listened to another podcast uh, from Nucci. Dove deep into the tech. You know. I, I have a computer science degree, and so it's fun to go deep in the tech and and kind of dig in, and uh, very very bullish on what they're doing. I mean, they're basically layering SQL on top of blockchain, and allowing you to modify NFTs off the blockchain. You can stamp them, um, and the tech is is just so exciting. 
Computer science degree, no big deal, ladies and gentlemen. Watch out. I, I had to I had to get that in there. Come on. I had to. I uh, know, but thanks for letting me jump up. I just wanted to kind of say hi to y'all and and uh do a little celebration. Absolutely, man. I mean, this is uh absolutely hilarious that you just came in and swept the floor. Uh and it's also funny that we front ran you just because of uh Zeneca's little mention there. And I'm really glad that several people bought and Nick did not. Nick, I'm you have your hand pissed. raised. <laughs> Um, still time, Nick. Still time. There's still time, man. The next one's coming in. Starry Night Capital, they're still around. They're going to come in and sweep. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, that's our show. Nick, any closing thoughts before we wrap here? Um, am I going to have to buy one of these damn things? We'll see. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Every once in a while, you can front run the biggest whale in the space with a computer science degree, the Ryan Carson. Uh, I know he's got a lot of fans today. Anybody that bought the rigs, we're going to be putting them in the garage. Put your car in the garage, all right? Uh, we'll see you back on Monday. Stay tuned for more content this weekend. Love ya. Dude, these things are cool. Over now. All right, I bought one.